podcast at the intersection of business and history. I'm Jason Dressel, and here comes Thanksgiving. And we have a special treat for you today. Today, we are joined by Nicole Johnson, director of the Butterball Turkey Talk Line, and Rebecca Welch, Butterball's senior brand manager. And if you're not already familiar with it, the Butterball Turkey Talk Line, which debuted in 1981 and is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year, has been the call-a-friend lifeline for millions of people seeking assistance with getting Thanksgiving dinner on the table. And as you're about to hear, if calling the Turkey Talk Line is anything like my conversation with Nicole and Rebecca, it really is like calling a friend to talk turkey. Their enthusiasm is infectious, and I could have talked to them all day, especially as it became apparent that the knowledge they've amassed around the Thanksgiving dinner table seems to extend well beyond just the turkey. This was not the typical conversation we have here on the podcast. Normally, we're doing a face-to-face Zoom, sometimes audio only, and very rarely we'll do an in-person But when I jumped on the Zoom with Nicole and Rebecca, I was greeted by Nicole in a kitchen in a blue butterball apron in front of three ovens and behind a counter with two turkeys and a bunch of Thanksgiving sides laid out in front of her. And it it was awesome. It made me feel like I was hosting the Today Show or something. And I I think we'll post some images or video so you can check them out if you reference the episode notes. But anyway, without further ado, please welcome. Butterballs, Rebecca Welch, and Nicole Johnson. Nicole, Rebecca, welcome to History Factory Plugged In and Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, let's jump right into it and uh, would love to hear how does the how does the hotline work? Uh, how many people, how many calls do you get a year? Um, tell, tell me all about the uh, the Butterball Turkey Talk Line. Rebecca, can I take a stab at that one? Absolutely, Nicole. <laughs> you are the expert. <laughs> okay. Um, Jason, I'm really glad you asked. So the Butterball Turkey Talk Line is actually celebrating its 40th anniversary of Talking Turkey this year. I've personally been on the talk line for 20 of those years. But when we started 40 years ago, it was a mere five home economists, all females at the time. They housed all their information on an old school Rolodex. And it was only via phone, right? It's still the heart of the talk line. I always say that. But over those 40 years, we've certainly evolved with ten with trends and technology, so many other ways to reach us. You can email, you can strike up a live chat on our butterball.com website. We have a lot of how-to videos on the website. We're on social media. I have four little kids at home and they think it's the coolest thing that they can reach mom on social media. And guess what? We joined TikTok this year at Butterball Turkey. Do you do any TikToking, Jason? Uh, a little bit, but not a lot. Okay, that's all right. I just started as well. And it's so much fun because we did a little survey and found that over 80% of our cooks are looking to social media for recipe inspiration and development. So we put a lot of our leftover recipes on the TikTok. It's it's fun. It's quick and current. It's a little bit of dancing. So just another way to reach our information. It's pretty cool. So, and you, you mentioned that this year is the 40th anniversary of the hotline. So, can you share what's the origin story? How did this whole thing come about? 
1981, 40 years ago, um, we, again, we started with the five females and there was definitely an increased demand. Um, consumers were calling. And so the talk line began. And I always say at that time, there were just females. Now we have eight males. They're chefs. Um, one is a dietitian. And it's really cool because we have so many males that call us. In fact, one out of three callers are males that are reaching us. Um, my husband himself, because I've worked the talk line, and yes, I do work on Thanksgiving Day, has to man the fort at home with our own kids and family. So he, just like many men, are taking on the turkey tradition and preparing their own meal. My husband, though, will tell you, even though I tell him, Doug, the open pan method is the tried and true method. Jason, he likes to do it a little, a little out of the box sometimes. So he will try a deep fried method outside. Last year, he did grilling for his family. Um, I always ask, how do you prepare your own turkey? Do you do it open pan method? What do you try, Jason? Well, I'm glad I'm glad you asked, actually. And, and this is very uh, serendipitous that we have the opportunity to talk this year because we are hosting Thanksgiving this year. We have about 20 people coming. Ooh. We have two turkeys and a ham. And, uh, and because of that, I feel like I've got a little bit more sort of leeway and, and a little bit more margin for error. So this year, for the first time, I'm going to do a spatchcock grilled turkey, and yes. uh, I'm very excited about it. I've been doing a lot of research. Uh, I don't think I've seen any. I haven't checked TikTok yet for any guides, but um, but as my wife will say, I've been pretty distracted over the last few days and have been uh, watching a lot of videos on oh, um, on how to, so how, to, how to how to how to deliver it on, off the grill. Spatchcocking is delicious. It's absolutely delicious. We actually have a video on our butterball.com website. One of our chefs shows you how to properly spatchcock. Um, one, obviously, you want to make sure it's fully thawed. It will ease with the spatchcocking process. But it's a much faster cook method. I believe it's around 90 minutes for about a 12 to 14 pound turkey. And it promotes that beautiful golden brown like you see here. Gives almost a crispy skin. It's delicious. It's going to be such a fun fun way to do it i hope so good for so, you yeah good yeah, for you that's you. awesome yeah <laughs> that was one of my uh one of my new uh new skills over over the pandemic was uh spatchcocking and grilling a chicken so i figure you know it's just it's just it's just bigger so well and that's impressive because it can be a little cumbersome when you when you you know do the the cutting of that so that's impressive if you have that down pat but you yeah. remember, we are here this weekend and all next week. And on Thanksgiving Day, you know where to find us. We'll help you I'm, get through I, it. I'm, I'm now going to make a point of calling in just in the hopes that I connect with you. So I uh, hope you that's, do. That's, that's, that's guaranteed to happen. So you shared, so it sounds like from, from what you're sharing, though, that over the course of the 40 years, the demographic has shifted a little bit and that more of the call the callers are are in fact now men and so you've seen that shift in the last 40 years the more men are actually cooking uh thanksgiving dinner or at least the turkey part agree to your point not only are we seeing that trend but last year because of the pandemic we saw a lot more demand for first-time cooks with the smaller gatherings particularly that millennial age group and while they were happy to take on the turkey duty they wanted to put their own stamp right? Or their own seal on it for the day. So with that said, again, the, the open pan method is our preferred method, but we saw a lot more um, questions. We saw some microwave questions come through. We saw some crock pot questions. I know you, you put up your nose, but it can be done. And, yeah. and sometimes Jason, the day of Thanksgiving, 
Maybe somebody's oven isn't calibrated correctly. Maybe it's just broken all together. And they don't realize that. Our cooks don't realize that until Thanksgiving Day. So we tell them not to worry. Do you have this appliance? Do you have an electric countertop roaster? Do you have a small enough turkey? We can give you instructions for a microwave. Go fire up the grill outside. Um, and if, it, if it's a bone and breast or boneless, we can do a crock pot. So there's other ways that we can guide our consumers and still ensure they have a good Thanksgiving. And I'm glad you mentioned um, last year because that was one of the things I was keen to, to learn about is what did you see that was different last year? Did, did you all experience a higher volume of calls because more people were uh, in, in smaller, obviously, settings for the holiday? And you referenced um, younger uh, younger callers who, who might have been calling and, and trying trying to figure it out. What what was that experience like last year compared to the previous thirty eight? And and what are you all expecting uh, this this Thanksgiving? Good question. So again, certainly a lot more um, first time cooks last year. And I mentioned that millennial age group, but being a first time cook doesn't necessarily mean that you're twenty or thirty years of age, right? We have a lot of folks that for whatever reason, whether it was a pandemic or maybe someone um, decided to pass the baton on, maybe their grandmother passed away. And so for the first time ever, maybe they're 60 years old, maybe they're 65 or 70 and they're that first time cook. So we get a lot of those calls as well. Overall, also to answer your question, we did get a lot more inquiries through the phone, emails and chats and texts. Texts are very popular. And what's cool about the texting is not only can you text us your turkey question, just like you're texting your friend or wife, you can include a picture. Hmm. So the consumer, there's something about that visual learning, right? They can show us what they're asking through a picture, whether it's a question about thermometer placement or, Nicole, what are these What are these in, the, in this bag? Well, those are giblets, right? And so we're going to go ahead and, and talk you through if you want to use them or not. So that's really a cool connection because of the ability to, to send a picture as well. So a lot more texting last year. How, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. What what are the different? Um, I mean, you, you mentioned the different uh, the different formats and different channels in which uh, you're you're available to answer questions. But what 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 are the most popular? Is it still the old fashioned phone, or is texting and some of these other means of communication have they become the primary uh, means to reach out? Phones are still most popular. They certainly are. Social media is certainly becoming um, very popular. Facebook, um, we have a whole group of dietitians on our team that actually focus on the November and December season on Facebook and Twitter. And TikTok is certainly becoming popular as well. Again, because we can share with consumers our leftover recipes, which is always a, a very popular question. I prepared my turkey. I put it in the refrigerator to cool down within a couple of days. Nicole, give me something fun for a recipe. So it's a fun way to share leftover recipes. Yeah. And what changes have you seen in turkey consumption over at least your your 20 years? Um, I mean, are you seeing more diverse approaches? I mean, what have been some of the major changes you've seen in terms of how people are preparing and, and eating their, their turkeys now versus 20 or 40 years ago? Um, I know that over my 20 years, um, I've certainly seen a lot more requests for Friendsgivings. One that stands out is a couple years ago, it was a sorority house that called, I was on speakerphone, and they had borrowed probably a dozen crockpots. They wanted to prepare their turkey breasts 
bone in, boneless in, in the crock pot because they thought it was fun and something cute to do. So I initially thought, okay, they're going to be asking about crock pot instructions. Oh no, they had already looked that up on the website. They already knew that. They wanted to know if plugging in all these different crock pots throughout their kitchen, throughout their sorority house was going to blow a fuse. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cute. Those are the kind of calls that, that stand out. I think multitasking and having four kiddos at home, the calls that I also really love are the ones that are the mom and dads. They're in their AirPods with us. We're walking up and down the grocery cart aisles with them. I can hear their grocery cart going. Their kids are jumping in and out of the cart. And sometimes they're a little panicked or they're a little stressed out, right? Probably from having work in an eight-day, an eight-hour day, and now they're trying to prepare for Thanksgiving meal. And we're talking through what kind of turkey to purchase, fresh, frozen. Nicole, what size turkey to purchase? Since I have you on the phone, can we talk about side dishes? I never prepared a turkey. How do I tell if it's done? I always tell them who their best friend is on Thanksgiving Day. It's the meat thermometer. So those are the ones that really stand out to me. Yeah. What, um, what's your favorite way to prepare a turkey? Tried and true, open pan method, hands down. It's always the most consistent. It's simple to do. Um, the prep work when it comes to our turkeys is very simple as well. Absolutely open pan method. 325 oven from start to finish. It's the way. How long? It depends on the size. So sure. you actually mentioned that, Jason, you have two turkeys this year. That's correct. Have you... Have you purchased them yet? Uh, one of them. The other one is, okay. is, is, on, is on the way. Is on the way. Do you remember yeah. what size you have? 16 pounds. 16 pounds. Okay. So depending on if they'll place together side by side in your pan, which they may not, that's a pretty good sized turkey. Ultimately, you could roast two turkeys in the same pan or in the same oven at the same time. And you may think your cook time would increase, but guess what? It doesn't. You, you would roast it as if you had one 16-pound turkey in that oven. That's a common question you get. We receive that a lot because if people have larger gatherings like you, they do want to roast two turkeys. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Good. Well, I am, I'm committed to my spatch, spatchcock grill approach for yes. at least one of them. But uh, yeah, we'll that'll see be how fun. it works out. So, um what what other uh, what other activities does does Butterball engage in over the holiday season to um, to promote uh, turkeys and, and promote the brand in addition to the the turkey talk line? Rebecca is is that's a question I'm going to throw to her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Nicole. Um, yeah, so Butterball is in a variety of places. We really want to make sure that the brand is out in front of people, reminding them. Uh, the, to choose Butterball for their holiday meal. Um, we will have advertising that runs. Um, but really one of our strongest and best assets that we have is the Turkey Talk Line experts themselves. And um, all the places that we've worked to extend the talk line, Nicole talked about some of them, but you know, we, we are for the first time on TikTok this year. We're on social media. Um, we even have an Alexa skill that we launched a couple years ago. So um, you know, if someone is at home cooking that turkey on Thanksgiving Day and they have a question uh, and they cannot call or text, uh, they can ask Alexa to ask Butterball and ask their question. And there will be a, a Butterball Turkey Talk Line expert there uh, answering their question and, and right there in their kitchen with them, helping them. So um, over time, we've really wanted to evolve the talk line and the way that we provide help. 
um, so that we're there to answer questions how people feel comfortable asking them. And how, how many inquiries do you anticipate receiving this year across all the different uh, across all the different communication channels? Do you have any sense of that? Well, every year we help over 100,000 people um, across all of our different touch points. And in addition to being able to reach out via, you know, call, text, chat, Alexa, um, we, we also have information available on the website and people come to uh, butterball.com every year trying to find out how large of a turkey they should buy for the number of people that they're hosting, uh, how long to cook it. We have tons of helpful videos around how to roast, how to thaw, how to carve. Um, one of the things that we've seen is we've had um, new hosts come into the to hosting Thanksgiving is they don't know how to carve. Um, they've, they've navigated everything and they get to the end and it's the big moment and uh, they're not quite sure how to carve that turkey. So we're there to help them uh, even in carving and, and beyond the traditional preparation. Yeah, I, I I have we've hosted Thanksgiving now five or six times, but I've I've farmed out the carving almost every year, so <laughs> I can I can relate to that. And what what are some of the things that are distinct about a butterball turkey? As you talk about you know the differentiation, obviously you all are are promoting and really elevating the the, the, the turkey as 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 a as a as a cat poultry category. But what are some of the what are some of the distinct uh, performance attributes of a of a of a of a butterball turkey? Absolutely, I'm I'm happy to take that one, Nicole. Um, sure. So, I mean, I think before you even open it, uh, we have um, you know separate heating instructions. Um, we have an easy open bag. We make it easy to get into that turkey uh, as you start your preparation process. We make sure that it is uh, tender and juicy every time. And um, obviously, we have the Turkey Talk Line experts there to help uh, answer your questions along the way and all of the Butterball resources there to help um, make sure that this most important meal of the year uh, is something that people feel comfortable preparing and, and that we help take the guesswork out of it for them. You know, as, as I think about it, the, the Turkey Talk Line is was I don't, probably not the first by any stretch, but it really is a brilliant example of thought leadership marketing for consumers. It's uh, <laughs> I never really quite thought about it through that lens for whatever reason, but um, but it really is an, an amazing resource, and it makes sense, right? Because um, it is. It's a definitely a high a high anxiety um, one of the highest anxiety meals of the year <laughs> if you're if you're hosting it. So before we wrap up, Nicole, I'd be curious if you um, if you were at a bar and someone asked you for maybe one or two of your favorite talk line stories of all time. Um, does anything uh -huh. uh, does anything come up? Yes, it does. Um, so when I joined the talk line in two thousand and one, people chuck at this all the time, but uh, it was a very busy year. Um, I was finishing up grad school, uh, which was nutrition dietetics, and one of my grad teachers told me about the talk line. She worked on it herself and said, Nicole, I think you'd be a great fit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get you a, a great word of referral, a great recommendation. Let's, let's get you an interview. So I went ahead and interviewed with the director at the time, um, was thrilled that she, she loved me. She thought it would be a great foot. And I really want to get my foot into the door. So this was probably late summer. Well, in addition to finishing up grad school, and I, I also worked full-time, um, 
the requirements to work the talk line as they still are now is the weekend before Thanksgiving and all of Thanksgiving week, it's all hands on deck. Obviously, we're very busy. So it's a minimum of an eight, maybe even a nine or 10 hour shift. And I was actually getting married November 17th of 01, which was the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So we negotiated a bit, Jason. I went ahead, believe it or not, and still had the wedding, obviously, a year in planning. Um, but I postponed my honeymoon um, and because I wanted to work the talk line. And my husband of 20 years later still gives me a hard time about it, jokingly, of course. And we ended up having the honeymoon. It was something to look forward to that following January after the turkey talk line was over. But it's still kind of a chuckle. Um, and I think it just goes to show not only my own dedication, but the 50 experts, the men and women that we have in the other room here, they're all doing that. They're all working eight, nine, 10 hour shifts. And understand, Jason, this is a seasonal position for the team. They work October, November, and December for us. But a lot of them are still doing a nine to five job, if you will, in their own food area. And that can range from a registered dietitian in a clinical setting. We have chefs, we have food scientists, food stylists. Um, really, it, it, it truly ranges. But everybody is devoting um, the entire Thanksgiving week and Thanksgiving day to work on the talk line. So that's sort of my own personal story. Um, that's amazing. The, isn't it cute? Thank you. Um, the other call that I always think of was the newlywed who called the year I worked the talk line. And she was preparing her first meal. And she had some questions, having been sort of a newlywed, right, of myself of just really a couple days. Um, she was a newlywed herself. And we still get these calls quite a bit. And she was trying to impress her mother-in-law for the first time. And instead of asking her mother-in-law for help with the turkey, she was sort of whispering in the other room to me. And it just really connected right away because I'm, I'm thinking, I would be there too, right? You want to impress your new in-laws and, and that sort of thing. So those are always the calls that even 20 years later, they, they still stand out to me. Yeah. Well, again, it reinforces, again, that sort of context, right? That it's a, it's a high risk and high reward meal. Um, so um, it's interesting that, that, that those are the, uh, the stories and memories that come to mind. What, what, what would be the one or two quarter, any key things that you would want listeners uh, to know before, uh, before we close? Sure. Just to certainly remember, there's so many ways to reach out to us. I know Rebecca and I both mentioned them, but again, the phone, email, chat, text, social media, a lot of how-to videos on our website. And not to worry, if there is a wait to get through to us, which there more likely will be, um, we've added a callback feature. So you're simply going to enter your phone number. It's going to hold your place in line. You can go about doing other business, multitasking with your kids. We, in turn, will call you back when it's your place in line. So rest assured, we are here for you. Awesome. Well, thank you both uh, so much. Um, great. to Congratulations on, on the 40th anniversary of, of the talk line. Um, exciting to hear uh, how it has evolved over time. And, uh, and good luck getting through, uh, getting through the next few days. And happy Thanksgiving to you both. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Thank you, Jason. Happy Thanksgiving. So there you have it. Happy 40th to the Butterball Turkey Talk Line. If you have any questions as you prepare for your Thanksgiving, you can call the Butterball Turkey Talk Line at 1-800-BUTTERBALL or go to butterball.com or Facebook or TikTok, as they mentioned. 
Bottom line, if you're connected to the outside world, you should be able to call a friend and connect the Butterball for all of your turkey needs. I'm headed there right now to check out their spatchcocking and grilling tips. Wishing all of you a happy Thanksgiving. That's our episode. Thanks again to Nicole Johnson and Rebecca Welch for a great time. Happy Thanksgiving, happy cooking, happy eating. We'll be back soon with a new episode.